0: Well, good morning, morning. happy Mother's Day. We are so glad to have you with us today. And today we honor and celebrate moms and all the ways that mothers make our lives richer and better and fuller. And um, and today I wanna celebrate my mom. Uh, She can't be with us uh, because she's far away, but um, I I wanna celebrate her. I mean, I don't wanna celebrate her enough to get a card in the mail on time to get to her for Mother's Day. Uh, but in all fairness, I said I wanted to celebrate my mom today, not earlier this week, so I make can... You know what, though? Actually, I think I... Here. You know what? She's watching today. She knows I'm preaching. So, God shares his love through mothers like you. You're a blessing through and through. Love, Brian. Nailed it. Mom, happy Mother's Day. I'll email this to you or something. <laughs> Look at that. I have the best job in the world. I get to bail myself out all the time. Seriously, my mom is awesome. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, my mom had like superhero powers, right? I don't know if you, if you had a mom like this, but my mom, she knew where everything went and where everything was. And so, if you needed something, you could ask mom. And she would explain to you for the thousandth time that towels are in that cabinet right by the bathroom, and that's where they were. Or that thing that you needed out of the fridge that you opened and looked at, she'd be like, it's right here. And she always there. And she knew where everything went. So, if, you, if mom was making you put something away and you're like, where does this go? She would be able to tell you exactly where to put it. Um, she knew uh, she could make food. My mom could turn ingredients, things like flour and eggs, into like cakes and cupcakes. I mean she made real food too, but let's be honest, I was more excited about the cakes and cupcakes and stuff. I do remember one time we were out of mayonnaise and my mother made mayonnaise. She took ingredients and made mayonnaise in a blender. I thought you had at a factory to make mayonnaise, but she made it at home. It was, it was unbelievable to me. And, and the other thing about my mom is she was never surprised at the gifts that Santa bought us. My dad was always surprised at the gifts that Santa bought us, but mom, it's like mom knew what was in the package before we even opened it. It was amazing. But the most amazing thing about my mom is she could see into the future. She knew when my brothers and I were about to break something. She would say, if you boys don't quit horsing around, you're gonna break something. And then we would keep horsing around and we would break something. So my mom was like a, she was like a superhero. She was awesome. So all week I've been thinking as we, coming up to Mother's Day, I've been thinking about my mom and the lessons I learned from her. And I was thinking about all the other godly and wise women who have spoken into my life through the years, those, those kind of spiritual mothers who have, who have encouraged me and celebrated me and corrected me and led me and guided me. And, and man, I am... I am so grateful for all of the moms who have been a blessing to me and in my life. And uh, as I thought about moms and, and the lessons I've learned from my mom, I started to think about lessons that we learn from moms in the Bible. And I was really drawn to one particular story in the Bible. I was drawn to this, to this one character named Naomi. And so I want to talk to you about lessons from Naomi. And uh, Naomi is, a, is kind of the central character in the book of Ruth, and uh, so there are some just some brilliant mom moments in the life of Naomi. But in order for us to kind of really walk through them and make sense of them, I'm going to just have to kind of tell you the whole story. So uh, if you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Ruth. I'm not going to read you the whole thing. Don't worry about it. But we are going to we are going to go through the whole thing. It's the eighth book of the Bible. It's about a quarter of the way through. If you have a paper Bible, if you have an app, just you know find Ruth, and uh, and there it is. And so I just want to encourage you to kind of follow along. And we're just going to kind of walk through this story and see some some of the brilliant mom moments from Naomi. The book of Ruth opens with this way. This is the first verse of Ruth. It says, in the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judea left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. Now listen, you can't, you can't have a worse opening to a story in the Bible than that. That is, that is like if you had sound effects in your Bible, it would go wah, woah right there, okay? So the time of Judges was a dark time in the, in the history of Israel, okay? The book of Judges chronicles this, this period in Israel's history when there was no king and there was no major prophet. And, and the book of Judges says that everyone kind of did what they thought was best, and they got it wrong a lot, as you can imagine. And so Judges is a, is a bad time in history. And then on top of that, there's a famine in the land. Now, in the ancient Near East, these were agrarian societies. When there was a famine, there wasn't a harvest. And when there wasn't a harvest, nobody could make it. I mean, you, you depended on the harvest every year. And so it's, it, there's, a, there's a famine. And then, and then we're told as a result, a man from Bethlehem takes his family and he moves to Moab. Now, remember, Bethlehem is in Israel. It's the land of promise. It's God's land. And he moves to Moab. And Moab is outside of Israel. It's a land of pagan worship and idolatry. And so during what could be considered the worst period of, uh, in the Bible, there was a, a time of famine, and a man took his wife and children outside of God's land of promise and into a land of pagan worship and idolatry. This story is not going to end with rainbows and unicorns. Okay, this is a, this, brace yourself, things are going to get ugly. And while they're in Moab, the man died and Ruth is left alone with her two sons. Soon both of her sons marry women from Moab, but tragically about 10 years later, they both also die. I told you with that opening verse, this was gonna be a hard story. So by verse five, Naomi is a widow. She's left in a a foreign country outside of God's land of promise with her two widowed daughter-in-laws as the closest thing she has to any sort of family or support. So things have gone. This is, a, this is a, a hard story right away. But then Naomi hears that the Lord has blessed the people back home, and they have, they have good crops again. The famine has ended. And so Naomi decides to take her two daughter-in-laws and go back to Bethlehem. So Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth, start on the journey home. But they don't get very far before Naomi realizes this is a bad plan for her daughters in law There's no realistic Uh, prospects for them back in in Naomi's country. They should go home. They should go back to their families. They should go back to their land. They should go back where they can get a fresh start. So Naomi stops and she urges her daughter-in-laws to go home. And one of her daughter-in-laws, Orpah, tearfully says goodbye and, and agrees that this is the best idea. So she goes back and she exits our story. But Ruth, Ruth makes this vow that she will stay with Naomi for life. And here's where we find probably the best known verse, passage in the book of Ruth. Ruth's poetic vow to stay with Naomi for her life. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And may the Lord punish me if anything but death separates us. You might have that crocheted on a pillow somewhere in your house, right? (laughs) This This is probably the best known passage of Ruth. And it's at this point in the story that the first two lessons that Naomi teaches us start to come into focus. So lesson number one, Naomi teaches us that love should transcend all boundaries. Naomi teaches us that love should transcend all boundaries. One of the most remarkable things about this story is the loyalty shown between these two women. There are a million reasons why they should give up on each other. Ruth is from Moab and Naomi is from Israel. They've been raised in different cultures. They have different customs. They they worshipped different gods. They have different traditions and different beliefs. There is no biological tie between them. They are not, strictly speaking, family. They're just people whose life has brought together. But the love that they share overwhelmed those barriers and, and it bound Ruth and Naomi together for life. The, the love that bound them crossed every, every biological and racial and ethic barrier that set itself up in their way. They loved each other. And this Mother's Day, I pray that you realize that the kind of love and loyalty that we're honoring and celebrating is not just about who shows up on your family tree or the names that show up in your Ancestry.com report. I put the little copyright symbol in my notes, so... Um, It's not about just just biological family, it's about allowing ourselves to be swept up in the power of God's all-embracing love for everyone and making space in our hearts and our lives to truly and genuinely love everyone we have the opportunity to. We celebrate love, mother's love today because it reminds us that God's love breaks down all the barriers. This is not just about the love of moms for children or the love of children's children for their mothers. As beautiful and as important as that love is, this is a call to the kind of radical, disruptive, cross-cultural, cross-generational love that Naomi and Ruth demonstrated. And it is a call to each of us uh, to, to replicate that in our own lives despite any barriers that stand in the way. Love crosses all barriers. And then we see the second lesson for Naomi in this section, too. The second lesson that Naomi teaches us is that love is willing to make sacrifices. Naomi's left with these two young women as the only real support or help in her life. These are the only people in her life. But when she realizes that it would be better for them to leave, to go somewhere else, to find another plan, she urges them to go no matter what it cost her. She must have realized that if they leave, she would truly be all alone. Naomi has lost everything and everybody, and she's still willing to put the needs of Orpah and Ruth above her own. What's, this is, is this an amazing act of sacrificial love. And I think in, in a lot of ways this is the classic example of kind of the motherhood love, isn't it? To sacrifice their, its needs for the needs of the next generation. This is what we celebrate about moms on Mother's Day. Right? You, you didn't find a card, you did get a card, didn't you? I did. If you need one, I can share mine with you. But you didn't find a card that said, you know, gee, thanks for being, you know, for donating half my biological DNA, right? You got cards that said you, you love me and you sacrifice and what an honor and, you know, it's, that's what we celebrate about moms is that they were willing to sacrifice. And this is the, the kind of, the, this, this story, the story of Naomi and the example of countless mothers throughout the years calls us to replicate and imitate that same kind of love in our lives, my, my, the lesson today is that we should love people. Love people enough that we're willing to sacrifice for them. Love people enough that you're willing to put their needs above your own. And then we jump back to the story. We come back to the story of Naomi and Ruth when Naomi and Ruth arrive back in Bethlehem. They get there in the spring at the start of the barley harvest. And, um, and the people are excited to see Naomi come home. She's been gone for a long time, but they welcome her, they greet her, and they say, Naomi, is it you? And Naomi says, she gives vent to her anger and her frustration, and she says, don't call me Naomi anymore. The word Naomi means pleasant. She says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Mara means bitter, because Naomi insists that she went away full, but God treated her harshly, and God has brought her back empty. And she says, I'm not that pleasant lady that left. I'm empty, and I'm broken, and I'm bitter. It's funny to note that the, the author, the narrator, just kind of ignores Naomi's res- respect, request. Like, we never see that. Nobody calls her that ever in the story. Again, it's just kind of funny. I don't know if that's, there might be a lesson in that, but it's not in my notes, so let's just move on. <laughs> So Naomi and Ruth get home, and remember, they're, they're widows. They have no way of creating any sort of meaningful income or way to support themselves. They, 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 they need to figure out what to do, but remember that Ruth and Naomi are back in Israel. They're back in God's kingdom, and God had already made provision for them. Remember, you know those long, boring sections of legal code that you just skip over when you're reading the Bible through in a year? You know those parts? Well, in those parts, in Leviticus 19, we, we read this. God says this as, as part of the law. He says, when you harvest your crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your field and do not pick up whatever the harvesters have dropped. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners that live among you. I am the Lord your God. You see, back in God's kingdom, he had already made provision for people like Ruth and Naomi. And so Naomi sends Ruth out into the the harvest field. It's time for the barley harvest. And she starts to work behind the harvesters, picking up anything that was left, that was dropped, that was left behind for people just like her. And it just so happens that Ruth, the Bible says that it just, just, as it happens, Ruth ends up in the field of a man named Boaz now Boaz was wealthy and influential and he was a close relative to Naomi's family and so Boaz comes back to inspect his harvest as he shows up to check how everything's going and he notices Ruth and he looks over at his foreman and he says who is that? And the foreman says, that's Ruth. She's the, the remember, the, remember the, the Moabitess who came home with Naomi? And, and Boaz knows all about Ruth. This, this story has spread through Bethlehem. People know that there was this woman who came home with Naomi, and she demonstrated remarkable loyalty and love and kindness to Naomi. And, and Boaz is impressed. He knows who Ruth is, and he, he showers her with extravagant kindness. He's, he tells Ruth to stay in his fields, Stay here. He offers her a pledge of protection. He'll take care of her. her men won't harass, his men won't harass her. She'll be safe. And he invites her to, he says, if you get thirsty, drink some of the water that has been drawn for the harvesters. You can help yourself to the, to the water for workers only. And then he invites her to lunch when they have their midday meal. He, he, he invites her and, get, and feeds her. And the Bible says that she had enough and some left over. Don't miss that. Ruth had just come from nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They, had, they had run away because of famine. Who knows how long it had been since Ruth had enough. Yeah. And, they, and Boaz gives her not only enough, but leftovers. Yeah. And, and so Boaz is showing this incredible kindness. And when Ruth goes back to work, to, to work Boaz, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, he elbows his foreman and he says, tell the men to drop a little extra grain for that one they intentionally drop some grain so at the end of the day Ruth gathers up the grain that she's collected and she fills a whole basket it's really kind of hard to you know figure out exactly from biblical times the measurements right She, she you know, but what we can guess is she gets a five-gallon bucket full of barley from one day's work, right? So she had a good day. She gets home with this giant basket full of grain and some leftover lunch, and Naomi says, where have you been? And she says, I worked in a field of a guy's. His name was Boaz, and Naomi goes, Boaz, you've got to stay in that field. Boaz is going to take care of you. Boaz was kind. He was generous. and, And Ruth says, he said he would take care of me. I'd be safe. And she says, you've got to go back there tomorrow. Right? And so Naomi encourages Ruth to stay in that field. And this is where we see Naomi's third lesson. Naomi teaches us that love offers wise counsel. Naomi is older and wiser, and this is her home turf. She understands things that Ruth would easily miss and so naomi she 's at home with all the customs, she knows how the culture works, and she knows the family she knows who 's related to everyone and and Naomi. Uh, is not, she's not able to see everything about how this story is going to unfold at this point, but she understands that Ruth has found a good thing in the fields of Boaz, and she makes sure that Ruth isn't going to miss this opportunity. You better go back there tomorrow. And the fact that Boaz is a close relative is going to become really even more important in this story, Uh, but, but right now Naomi knows that just his family loyalty is a valuable advantage for Ruth, and she needs to not squander that. And so I wonder, Who can you love by sharing your wisdom and good advice with? Who's someone in your life who's not as far along on the journey that you can help along the way? What are the experiences that you have and the hard-won lessons that you can entrust to someone who's just starting out? How can you communicate the things that you clearly see and understand to those who lack your perspective or your knowledge? You see, love calls us to be generous with our good advice our counsel, our wisdom, and our perspective. Naomi teaches us that love offers good advice. So we jump back into the story. The first verse of chapter three says this, one day Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time that I found you a permanent home so that you will be provided for. And we get our fourth lesson out of just that one verse. The fourth lesson Naomi teaches us is that love always hopes. Love always hopes. Naomi understood that while Boaz was being incredibly generous to Ruth during the harvest time, this was not a sustainable situation. This didn't really offer a future for them. Uh, But but Naomi also realized that Boaz had a resource. Boaz had the power to change everything for Ruth. And here's where I got to get into the history lesson that I've been trying to avoid, but to make sense of this story, you're going to have to learn this, okay? In order to appreciate what's gonna happen in this story, you have to understand that the land was incredibly valuable to the people in Israel at this time. This was the land that God had promised them. And this was the land that God had delivered and given them. And this was the land that God had carefully and specifically divided up to individual families. And so family land was a big deal in Israel. And there was a provision in the law that if you ever fell on hard times, you had to sell your land, there were all sorts of ways for you to get your land back, right? One of the ways was that a, a, a relative could buy it back and then give it to you. They could redeem your land and give it back to you. And so, so you know, if I stole, sold my PlayStation because I uh, pawned it, Jeff could go to the pawn shop and he could buy it and say, here, Brian, I, I got you your PlayStation back, you know, stop being stilly. right? That's, that's kind of the way you think about that. There was also a provision that if a family line died out, if a family, if there were no sons and there were no descendants, if a family line died out, that then a relative could redeem that family line also. And and one of the ways that worked is if a man died without having any sons, his brother or a close relative was duty-bound to marry his widow, and then if they had a son, that son would carry on the name of his of the, of the widow's late husband. So he would carry on the family line. It's kind of weird and complicated, but if you're reading the Bible with us in our Bible reading plan, we're starting Luke 20 today and the, the Sadducees talk about that to Jesus. So it's, it's kind of, it's, that's, the way, that's the way it works. But what you need to know is that Boaz could have the opportunity to buy all of Naomi's land and marry Ruth, and if Boaz and Ruth have a son, all of that inheritance will automatically go to that son and go back to Naomi and Ruth and, and take care of her family for, for forever. And even if they don't have a son, Ruth will be married to Boaz, and Boaz was a wealthy, influential person in Bethlehem with barley and wheat fields, and so Ruth is gonna be taken care of, and Naomi sees that if Ruth and Boaz can get married, their problems become a lot more manageable. Naomi has an incredible, improbable, impossible, but wonderful dream for Ruth. And I wonder, who do you have an incredible, improbable, impossible, but wonderful dream for? Who do you believe in? Who do you cheer for? Who do you support and hope and never lose faith in? Who do you want to win in life more than you want to win yourself? Who do you never give up on? You see, love, always hope, it never stops believing or wanting the best for others. Man, that just kind of sounds like a Mother's Day card, doesn't it? Mom, just forget the card I read you, just that. Thank you for always supporting me and loving me and hoping in me, love never loses hope. So back to our last bit of the story. Naomi told Ruth the plan. She said, Ruth, this is what you're gonna do. That night, Boaz would be winnowing the barley. You don't need, it doesn't matter what that is. Just know there's a big party, okay? This was a good day, right? The barley harvest has come in. Boaz is going to be in a good mood. And Naomi says to Ruth, he says, she says, go, watch where, he, watch where he goes to sleep. Sneak in, and when he's asleep, uncover his feet and lay down next to him. He's going to understand what that means, and he's going to know what to do. And so Ruth does what she's, what she's asked to do. She goes in and she finds, she watches where Boaz goes to sleep. She goes in, she uncovers his feet. She lays down next to him. And the Bible says that about midnight, Boaz woke up, his feet were cold. And he notices someone next to him. He says, who are you? And it's Ruth. And she says, she, she identifies herself and she asks Boaz, she says, spread the corner of your covering over me because you are my family redeemer. And Boaz does the math and he understands Ruth is asking him to do all those things that could happen. She's saying, will you take care of me? Will you marry me? Will you help me? Will you redeem our family? And Boaz says, man, thank you for choosing me. That's awesome. He's so excited about this. He says, listen, I know exactly what to do, but there is one problem. Boaz has evidently done some research and he knows that he's not front in line. There's a closer relative who has the right to redeem everything first. But he assures Ruth that he'll take care of her, that he's gonna, that he's gonna get everything taken care of. And in the morning, Ruth woke up while it was still dark. Boaz had her spread out her shawl, and she scooped six scoops of barley. If you wanna know how much six scoops of barley is, Nobody knows. Like, that's like, you're going to read books and books about. Was it like, was it an ephod? Was it a, like, what was the scoop? No, it, it just scoops, whatever he had. He had a scoop there. He gave her, he said, don't go back to your mother in law empty handed. He gives her this, this massive gift. So Ruth gets home, and, and Naomi says, How did it go? And Ruth throws down the shawl full of barley, and Naomi says, Listen, he's going to take care of it. We're going he's going he's not gonna delay. And so Boaz goes to the city gate and he finds the family redeemer and he calls him over and, and he, he finds 10 other men from the gate. and He says, come talk to me. Now, now listen, you have to understand that culturally, this is like, this is like you go and someone and say, hey, get your accountant and meet me in my lawyer's office. Right, some official's gonna happen. Okay, some, some legal's gonna take place. And Boaz says to the closer family redeemer, he says, hey, um, Naomi's gonna sell her family land and uh, you're the first in line to buy it. And so if you want to buy it, great, buy it. But if you don't, I'm going to buy it today, right now. This is the moment. And the, the family redeemer says, eh, you know, I think I will. Right, real estate, you never go wrong buying some real estate, it's a good investment. I think I'll buy it. And Boaz says, awesome, great. You do know that if you buy it, you got to marry Ruth. And, uh, and the the closer redeemer, he, he does all the math in his head and he realizes that if he marries Ruth and they have a son, then he loses everything he just bought. It all goes back to Naomi and he says, yeah, I'm a hard pass on that. I cannot afford to absorb that risk to my family. And so Boaz says, great, in front of everyone, I am officially buying all of Naomi's land and I'll take Ruth as my wife with the understanding that if we have a son, everything I just bought transfers automatically back to that son. And that son will be Naomi's grandson. It won't be my family, it won't be mine. I'm risking it all, I'm doing it. And this is the way the story of Ruth ends. This is Ruth chapter four, verses 13 to 17. It says this, so Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant and she gave birth to a son. Then the woman of the town said to Naomi, praise the Lord who now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age, for he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast. Then she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, Now at last, Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed, and he became the father of Jesse, the grandfather of David. Ruth had a son, and it unlocked the most unlikely and spectacular path back to redemption. Ruth and Naomi were secure and safe again, and so much of what had been lost had been restored to them. And Ruth didn't just have any son, her son was named Obed, and Obed's son was named Jesse, and Jesse's son was named David, and David was the great king. You could not have asked for a better ending to this story than the one you get. And that brings me to my last lesson from Naomi. Naomi teaches us that love longs for redemption. From the horrible start to this story, we come all the way back, back home to Bethlehem, back with family, back with a secure future. Naomi went away empty, but she, Naomi went away full, but she came home empty. But by the end of the story, she's made whole again. This is a story about redemption, a story about broken pieces being put back together to form something surprising and beautiful and extraordinary. And I wonder, do you need redemption in your life? Do you find yourself in a place that you need redemption this morning? Does your family need redemption? Are there broken and impossible places in your life right now? Because if there are, then listen carefully to the final lesson of Naomi one more time. Love always longs for redemption, and God loves you. God tells good stories. He tells stories of redemption. He tells stories about hope and restoration and the future. And and if you have broken and impossible places in your life, then bring them to God, because God is the only one I know who can start a story with In those days when the judges ruled, there was famine in the land and people abandoned God. And he could take that story and bring it all the way back to praise the Lord, who this day has provided a redeemer for your family. If there are broken places in your life, bring them to Jesus because he tells good stories. So this morning we honor and we celebrate mothers and we learn from the brilliant mom moments in the story of Naomi. We learn that love transcends all barriers. So allow yourself to be swept up in the power of God's all-embracing love for others. We learn that love is willing to make sacrifices. So love people, love them enough that you're willing to sacrifice for them. We learn that love offers wise counsel. So be generous with your good advice, your counsel, your wisdom, and your perspective. We learn that love always hopes, never stop believing and wanting the best for others. And we learn that love longs for redemption. So take your broken and impossible places to God because he turns broken stories into stories of hope. Can I pray with you? Jesus, I thank you for this story. this story of Ruth that is so deep and layered and wonderful and beautiful. And I thank you for the, the lessons that we learned by just tracing the thread of Naomi's life. And I ask you today as we learn from, from the lessons of a mom in the Bible, that you would speak to all of us about what it means to love people, to love people purely and, and, and genuinely and with enough hope and, and grace and mercy. But God, specifically, I, I just want to tug on that thread of redemption a little bit. And if there's anyone listening today in in here or online who has a, a, a broken and impossible place in their life where they hear that message that love longs for redemption and God loves you and God tells good stories and we can bring you our broken and impossible places and you can weave through it and give us hope and grace and life. And there is no impossible with God. So come and meet us. And come and fill us. And come and teach us to love. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And happy Mother's Day. We love you and we honor you. Remember, there's nothing you could ever do to make God love you anymore. And there's nothing you could ever do to make him love you any less. He already loves you more than you could possibly imagine.